truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Uh, I am not Steve Dace, but I am identifying as Steve Dace today. I am Sarah Gonzalez here filling in for Steve Dace with Jason Buttrell. Oh, yeah. Jason, I have to tell everyone, um, for those of you Come on, man. Are, for those of you who are listening and not watching, um, when you look at the two of us, Jason and I, you would think that I would be the diva here. <laughs> I'm just going to be stereotypical for a minute. I'm about to get slandered. You would think that, that I would be the diva. Um, and in fact, when I walked in this morning, I walked into the radio room and Jason here said, oh, well, look, the diva's here. <laughs> I said, actually, diva alert. That's Which is what, what we said. all quietly around the studio say when the... Oh, yes. <laughs> quietly. Quietly. So I'm just... Yeah. Okay. Hi, Jason. And I sit down and, uh, you know, we've got the director in here going and, and fixing the cameras. And Jason, Jason sits here and Jason's like, God, these lights are really bright. Do, are, do these lights look bright to you? Hey, can you guys change these lights? Can you like turn them down or something? Because they're just really bright. This is slanderous, and I think you can actually even see on the. Hey, put the camera on me really quick. Look at look at that. I'm I mean, like, see that? That it's. it's I'm, I mean, proper, I'm the whitest dude there is ever that's ever lived in the history of the world, and now I look even whiter than I usually do. Well, first of all, maybe you need to put some TV makeup on. Maybe that would help <laughs> I with that. I forgot. I'm so- <laughs> Crap. But second of all, I'm not coming in here complaining to the crew <laughs> about the lighting and demanding that they change the lighting for the entire room because my little eyes hurt. I'm gonna Jason's s- little eyes hurt. I'm going to say my favorite thing that I think that I've ever said. Or I've, I've, my uh, favorite that, thing that I that, think I've ever said. Pe- people that know me know I have a lot of catchphrases and I say a lot of stupid stuff. <laughs> Do you have stuff, the best words? But this is the, my favorite one. Um, you ready? <laughs> what? Shut up, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Walked into that one. Uh, and uh, we want to hear from you on Twitter, on the social medias. So I am Sarah Gonzalez TX. Jason is uh, at Jason Buttrell. Feel free to follow me. Feel free to mock him. You don't need to. You yes. don't need to follow him. That's yes. fine. Um, and call in as well. Yes. Yeah. You can call into the show 888-900-3393. I know whenever I uh, whenever we read that number, the phone lines just light up. So insane. get your calls in now. Apparently, people like to talk to Sarah. Not so much me, but to Sarah. <laughs> uh, so we have to we have to talk about all of this. The all of the Beto. Uh, craziness going on right now. Uh, and I don't even know whether to start with the, I don't know, the, the personal side of him or to start with all of the policies that he claims that he is in favor of. I think I think maybe a good jumping off point would be like, remember how untouchable this guy was mm-hmm. just a few months ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was able to raise $80 million, almost 80. It's like 78 Point eight or whatever million dollars by far more than any other candidate out there during the during that race uh when he came out on the first day of announcing his candidacy he raised again like 6.1 million yes but i will say that was a little bit it i'd love to to find out the numbers on that because someone asked him about that that remember he was asked to release that number and the campaign kind of backpedaled and they took a really long time to release that that official number um, and people were kind of speculating, okay, this seems a little bit fishy. 
And then someone followed up and asked him uh, if he would release the number of donors as opposed to just the actual just the actual big final number. Who's asking this? I think it was a plant in the audience. It was it was at a town hall. There was okay. some there was an audience member who asked that. And this goes directly to my point. Like no one brought these questions up yeah. before. Yeah, it was an audience they member. They wouldn't. Like this is an Irish multi-million dollar white dude mm-hmm. that's about to become uh once his father-in-law passes beyond the veil, a multi 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 billionaire. Yeah. His wife is the sole heiress of I think a 77 billion dollar fortune. Um, just the seventy-seven billion. Though. Just that's it. Eh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's called the Warren. His his father-in-law is called the Warren Buffett of uh, real estate. As uh, guy's like a big deal. Right. So that's why I'm saying. So okay, they were screwy with getting the number, with releasing the the number, the six point one million. I'd I'd be very curious. I'd be very curious to see how many donors and compare that to you know the average like you know Bernie Sanders. I uh, Yeah, and I've always been skeptical of uh, a lot of the reporting. You can go to Open Secrets, I think it's .org or mm-hmm. .com, one of those two, if you're ever curious about some of the research into this, but it's very eye-opening. But, uh, but I always cons- I'm, always, I'm always questioning, because a lot of them are just like anonymous and you can't really tell. Some of them come from super PACs. The way they work those is to yeah. hide the donors and yeah. all that stuff. It's, like, it's, a, it's a very... I don't know. I, I, I want to say it's shady, because, but that sounds more like a progressive left way right. to talk about it. I personally don't care how much you raise, uh, how much money you raise mm-hmm. or how much money you want to give. Yeah. Um, that's all on you. If you want to spend your money in a very stupid way, you know, for yeah. politics, by all means, you have the freedom to do that. I, I, also, I also love that Beto, uh, he kind of capitalizes off of the ignorance of Americans because he'll always say, you know, oh, I don't work with PACs or I don't take monies from PACs. And yeah, that's the entire point. Of the of the pack that they formed is that you don't have to work with them like you're you're not working with them that is the entire point but nobody knows that and so I remember hearing all of these millennial voters in Texas when he was running for Senate and lost and somehow thinks he should run for president but I heard a lot of millennials over here saying well but he doesn't take money from PACs like yeah duh like do you know do you know the rules do you understand what PACs are yeah, they, they, they the all the big uh, money flows go into the, them. They then uh, filter that money through to like organizations, yeah. like I don't know, like Care, for right, example, right, uh, right. Who and and I think they're aren't I think they're capped at a certain dollar amount that they can actually individually send to each candidate. Yes, but typically they all give the same maximum amount, which Care, by the way, in case you're curious, did. Uh, contribute to like Elon Omar, for mm-hmm. for instance. Mm-hmm. It was that which was funny. This is kind of a tangent, but she was all going off saying how uh, APAC was all you know controlling members of Congress and controlling the government. And first, the Jews controlled the weather. Now right. they're controlling Congress. Every, everything. Right. Um But care, you know. And she, uh, the irony in it was she was saying they basically give money, but they don't give money directly to candidates. They don't do that at all. But CARE, the organization that she's fundraising for this weekend, Mm -hmm. gives money directly to her. And she just happens to be a person that kind of just spouts off all of their talking points all the time. So who really is controlling who here? Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, back to my point. There's this billionaire uh, to be, but multi-million dollar uh, white boy Irishman. That culturally appropriates a Spanish nickname, which should really piss you off, Miss Gonzalez. 
It does, actually. But no it one does. would call him for that. <clears throat> yeah. And this is a day and age when, at the same exact time, remember that like really cute uh, like 17, 18-year-old girl that went to her prom and she wore that Chinese yes. dress? Yes, and, and she got slammed on social media oh my for gosh, culturally appropriating. Yes. I saw, I pulled up an article on that like yesterday. It was like in on CBS or something like that. They were talking about it. It was like mainstream. But there's this guy named Beto going around. Like they would literally, they would run the story of the girl with the prom dress. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, moving on. And now, <laughs> now Beto O'Rourke is really amazing. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah. But all of that, all the press that they w- that wouldn't touch him then are now crazy about going against him now. All of a sudden. Reuters report, yep. uh, a Guardian report yep. I just saw. Yep. Um, in one week, two uh, articles from the Washington Post making him look stupid. And on one hand, with the whole poop. Uh, thing and dirt, which thing. we which we do need to get into <laughs> at some point. Because, we'll come back to that. One. Yeah, we we're gonna need to uh, really dig in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no pun intended. <laughs> really pop a squat, you know, and really concentrate. <laughs> that, that, that I might doesn't pull out go some, as well at all. I might pull out some reading material, you know, and sit there for a very long time and discuss this. You're so um, weird. <laughs> Can I please just say really quickly, I'm reading a tweet from Daryl who says that Sarah and Jason are guest hosting Steve Day's show today. Tune in for a truly weird show. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) In a good way, he says. So So, thank you, Jason, for making it weird. We're only a couple minutes into it. We're nine minutes in and it just got weird. (laughs) Thank you, Jason. That's what I'm here for. Continue. Um, and then another article uh, from the Washington Post that was uh, calling into question. I think it was uh, was it his voting record? I don't remember. It was his. Uh, hang on a second. If I gotta get this right here. I mean, it's, we're just on live radio. It's fine. Yeah. We'll we'll just we'll just. But hold. I'm not a professional, so the people come to like expect that. <laughs> we'll just we'll just hold. Okay, Can we yeah, play they, some hold music? Oh, oh, yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. So they said that he doesn't. They were calling out that he doesn't. That he's like exciting and has charisma. But he doesn't seem to have any real policy ideas. Yeah, no one, right, no one called him on that in Texas. I mean, he, <laughs> and again, it's not like he had, you know, he, he just jumped into a race where he had never had to consider his policies. He just ran a race in which he had to have or he should have had actual policies, actual ideas on paper. Yeah, we like he had more time than anyone else to come up with these. He should have just ran on them, and still he has nothing. It's yeah. unbelievable. Uh, this is a guy that just again hitting up the uh, hitting up the media that you know they wouldn't touch this guy. Going back to the Reuters, I just I briefly went over that how he was in a hacking group, one of the most notorious and oldest hacking mm-hmm. groups in the world, called the Cult of the Dead Cow, and most of this stuff is stupid. Right. Um, uh, Robert O'Rourke, a.k.a. Beto, a.k.a. psychedelic warlord. He is. He is Um, weird. Legitimately, his hacker handle, psychedelic warlord. But I can't really it doesn't really seem like he was engaging in hacking and stuff. He was more like and this is a theme I want to come back to later. Don't let me forget. I'm just kind of hanging out with other people to try to fit in. Mm-hmm. Like not really knowing exactly what he wants to do or what he wants he to be. Still or who he still doesn't is. know who he is or what he wants to do. Absolutely. And again, I want to make that a bigger thing later. Yeah. But um but 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 one of the revelations that came out to the uh, in this. And again, this was all available during the midterms. Yes. But they wouldn't report on it. One of the little articles that he wrote when he was in this hacker group 
was, and you probably heard some of this, but I've just got to reread this. It's absolutely insane. Listen to this. This is one of his posts. As I neared the younger ones, and he's talking about kids, this is so I put all up. my weight on my right foot, keeping the accelerator pedal to the floor until I heard the crashing of the two children on the hood and then the sharp cry of pain from one of the two. I was so fascinating for a moment that when after I stopped my vehicle, I just sat in a daze, sweet visions filling my head. Okay, so, end quote. Let me, let me say that. End quote. <laughs> so... If I'm a voter and I'm on the fence, you know, mm-hmm. on, hey, I vote for Beto, the new cool guy riding through Whataburger on a skateboard, or Ted Cruz, because most people don't like Ted Cruz. Right. Um, if I'm on the fence and that's my thought process, I, that just made up my mind. The guy that hangs out with cyber criminals and writes about murdering children and Are, liking it. So I'm unclear. Are you saying, Jason, that you, as a younger version of yourself never never wrote any sort of fantasies about killing children um it's just no i mean come on <laughs> like who in the right mind would he right like, i know no I, I know so i someone tried to defend him to me and they were like well i mean you know i've been in writing class and they write some pretty like ridiculous stuff and i said um okay i'm gonna stop you right there <laughs> I understand that there are some crazy things that you could write as a younger version of yourself. What I'm saying to you is never could I ever articulate uh, the idea of killing children so gleefully. Never could I do that. I don't care how creative I'm writing here. I could be in creative writing 101 where the teacher is just like, you have to write the most outlandish thing you could think of. And never in a million years would I be like, oh, I'm going to write about killing kids. That's it. Uh, That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Creative writing uh, back in my day was like, you know, like uh, definitely not me, but a friend went to South Padre <laughs> Island. And when they wanted our beads, we uh, and, and and then it went on from there. But um, yeah, not murdering children and liking it. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just want to make that clear. That, that's not a thing. That's not a thing that we all go through. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so th- so this is just it's it's really interesting when you see the, the media now is just so scared of Beto only when he's up against these two very, very far left candidates that are probably number one and two in the polls right now since Biden hasn't entered would being Bernie Sanders and Kamala Harris. Who do you think or do, or do you think they even know? Who do you think that they want? Right. Like who who is their who is their hero? Who are they trying to protect? Well, at, at first thought, at first glance, I, I think it's probably Bernie. Um, I think so too. What was the um actually this I think his name is David Serrata. Mm-hmm. Was um this story just came out I think this week. Um but David Serrata was a guy that um it what he he he's written some really great think pieces. Um one in particular, I think it was in either Vox or Salon several years ago okay. where it was entitled the the economic miracle of Hugo Chavez. <laughs> Well, you um, said Voxer Salon, and I'm like, <laughs> you all knew right, it was well, coming. this is already trash. Wait for it. This is already garbage. Um, so that's the st- type of stuff he was writing about. Um, he just recently, now he's with Capital in Maine. It's like an online, like, uh, I guess, progressive news site mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, all their board of directors and funding comes from big time labor unions like SEIU, people like that. Yeah. So you can tell the, you know, the, that they're kind of, they're a little bit biased on a certain side of the political uh, spectrum. A little bit. Um, but he was a big uh, writer for them. He would put out a bunch of stuff. Well, about, I don't know, a few weeks ago, he started just pumping out articles 
under uh, his like journalism, uh, you know, moniker. I'm mm-hmm. a journalist. And I do investigative journalism. And the vo- uh, the Guardian picked up his stuff. It was about uh, Bur- uh, Beto's v- uh, voting record. Mm-hmm. Um, a few other people picked up his stuff. He was blasting it out. Well, somebody broke the story that hey. Uh, Mr. Serato, we heard that you're actually working with Bernie Sanders' campaign. Jeez. So all of a sudden they had a scramble and they had to actually make a statement, Sanders' campaign did, that, oh, okay, yeah, he's now my speechwriter and um, and he's my senior advisor. Wow. And, oh, he's been doing this unofficially for a while now. Wow. Busted. This is the most insane story. So he was doing this un- as a journalist, as That's an investigative insane. journalist. But he, he's- I'm sure that, and I'm sure that happens so much more often than we know about. Yeah, I bet it does. So much more often than we know about. You're so right. So, I mean, it it is interesting, right, to see now all of a sudden the left kind of eating their own. And, um, I mean, I don't know what it leads to at the end, but for now, at least we have Beto O'Rourke. I mean, I can't even tell you the... (laughs) The feeling that I got when I I opened my phone, I opened my app, and I read the headline, Beto O'Rourke eats dirt. <laughs> and I was like, I, I'm sorry? I mean, I, I no, I'm sure that I'm not reading that right. Because what I just read was that a presidential candidate in the year 2019 is eating dirt. <laughs> what is going on here? I mean, that just shows you the level of like circus because that this already is or something like that. Yeah. That it for its regenerative. Yes. That's properties. Right. Because I mean, dude was, he was, he was hurt that he did not win in November. That was the thing. That he was, was, he was in a funk was this, what he said. This was in, this was hilarious. If you go to his blog when he was doing this, it was, it, it was just funny. Like he was just traveling all over the country doing stupid stuff. And I think one of his quotes, I think it was when he was in Iowa, maybe recently or something, was that he wanted people to he wanted to travel around and he wanted he wanted people to mold him into the candidate that they wanted and shape America how they wished, which I don't know, like for him, that probably sounded awesome. Like I'm a very charismatic guy that you right. know, can relate to. But to me, that's kind of, was kind of terrifying. Yep. It reminded me of the like the first opening line of uh, Barack Obama's like second autobiography. Where he was like saying, "I'm a, bl- I was a blank screen," mm-hmm. and we started calling him an empty suit because yeah. the similarities are almost identical. You, uh, he, he has no policies whatsoever. If you go to his website, uh, we were talking about this on the news yeah, in the news and why yesterday. Can't find him. There's two buttons on the website. It has nothing to do with policy. One is to donate and give him money, which he's very good at. Second one is to buy some of his uber cool merch, like T-shirts. And Unbelievable. Stuff. Absolutely ridiculous. But there's nothing. And if you talk, if he talks policy, he's very vague. I saw someone say he's for universal health care. And uh, before he had said something about he was all about single payer uh, health care and Medicare for all. But then he instantly walked that back mm-hmm. and he wouldn't say those words again. So then he said universal health care. And someone at a, at a, at a uh, rally said, what's that mean to you? And he's like, well, I believe that everyone, you know, should have access. Everyone to should have access to affordable mm-hmm. health care. Right. But, That's the talking point. But he didn't say like something like he, what Harris would say, like get rid of private uh, insurance. He yeah, he's, like, he doesn't believe he's been very well. He's just been very careful not to say it. I don't I personally don't think he even knows the policy that he wants to have on it. No. I don't think he has one. I think he's just waiting to see which way the wind blows yep. and what's going to pull better with like middle of the road Democrats. Well, and we have I believe that we have a couple clips um, just on on one of the issues, which is abortion. Um, can we play uh, the first one, please? 
The way that I would approach your question and this issue generally Look is to trust women to make their own decisions about their own bodies. Trust women. When I talk about universal guaranteed high quality health care for everyone in this country, it's primary health care, it's mental health care, and it's women's health care. And I'll tell you why. In my home state of Texas, we have shut down our state legislature, our governors, more than half the family planning clinics in our state, making it that much harder for women to get a cervical cancer screening, see a family planning provider, or see a provider of any kind. We also, not coincidentally, are at the epicenter of a maternal mortality crisis that disproportionately affects women of color two to three times the rate of white women in that state and across this country. So women's health care, reproductive rights, Roe versus Wade, all the way back to 1973, the law of the land. This next election will decide all of those issues. Uh, first of all, I find it just so ironic that, you know, he's talking about he tries to reference Roe versus Wade as if Roe versus Wade was about third trimester abortions or about, you know, infanticide, which is where we've moved the conversation. I think the goalposts in that conversation have shifted just a little bit, just a little bit for, from Roe versus Wade. So I do find that interesting. But I mean, even again, I think uh, we have one other clip where he's asked the same kind of question on on abortion. And he he is very he is still very careful to be vague enough that, you know, he wants everyone to know that he supports a women's right to choose um, and he supports it generally. But uh, let's take a listen. I'm wondering specifically, if you had won the election last November and if you were in the U.S. Senate a couple days ago, how would you have voted on that bill? I I would have listened to the women that I wanted to represent in the state of Texas. Uh, I I would have listened to doctors and and medical providers. Uh, I would have looked at the the facts and and understood um, the truth. And and then I would have voted uh, with those women to make their own decisions about their own bodies. (laughs) <laughs> what a great answer. He, right? Uh, I mean, first of all, just answer the damn question. I know, I was like, so... Answer the damn question, Robert Francis. <laughs> uh, Bob Frank. So, he, you know, he's still very, very careful, um, you know, not... But, I mean, he just said, he basically just said he would have not voted to support the bill that Ben Sass put through um, that basically said, hey, let's all agree that infanticide is not a good thing and we shouldn't be doing it. Can we all agree that this is a thing that we should not be doing in 2019? And Beto says, no, no, I don't. I don't agree with that. So he's pretty radical there. Wouldn't you say? Well, I think that he has the yes, but I think that he has the ability to get a lot more radical. But at this point, I, I think that he doesn't know if he even I don't think he even knows what the pulse of the country is right now. Like, it, are, are they on this very hardcore like you think about the, all the hardcore issues like infanticide, <clears throat> you think about uh, Medicare for all, you think about free college, all that stuff. I think he could very easily go that direction. I think I just I just don't think he he really knows right now if he even has to. Yeah. Which is kind of like terrifying, really, because if middle of the road Democrats uh, are going to move away from the ones that kind of you know voted for Trump, abandoned uh, Democrats, voted for Trump. If they move over to this next candidate because they don't like Trump anymore and but they're very staunchly against this crazy shift towards socialism and hardcore, you know, lefty that if they're like, okay, well, Beto sounds like a very middle of the road guy. Mm -hmm. Like maybe that's the person we should, Mm -hmm. we should get behind. Mm -hmm. But 
the problem is, is that Beto can easily be uh, influenced. Yeah, he'll just by be these controlled by. Yep. Very easily, yeah. and there's now a very strong opposition. You know, these like new Congress um, people, um, uh, most of the freshmen yep. that are pushing it radically, and I think he'll be influenced by that. You know, when ba- Obama came in, I mean, this is the perfect example. He was very similar. Mm-hmm. He did not have a whole. He ran on hope and change. Two words, not policy. Right. Hope and change. That's it. Threw out every once in a while a few buzzwords, and but he didn't really have any policy. Yeah, I mean, he absolutely he, is the Obama absolutely. of twenty twenty. But and we no question. And we didn't think that we we would have a complete, you know, <laughs> w- you know, one eighty on our health care how it works. Right. You know, we we didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, all the other stuff, infringement on religious uh, religious liberty, all that stuff. We, he didn't campaign on that stuff, mm-hmm. but he was influenced into it. He yeah. was pushed into it. Yeah. That's why we were so worried about who he was hanging out with. Right. Like uh, Jeremiah Wright. Uh, all of a sudden, he started putting in like Marxists, like Van Jones, you know, on his staff. We were like, wait a minute. It, it, it means something that these people are now going around the guy that said he was a blank screen. Right. Because they're now going to start projecting onto that blank screen. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, what you got with Beto. Yeah, well, and also you got the you got the hands, okay? Because I look, <laughs> I want someone. I want someone to make a, a. You know what? I'm giving someone an idea, but I should just keep <laughs> it for myself. But of of dress up as Beto and just go walk around and and be talking and just be constantly knocking things over behind you because yeah. I, ju- I'm just saying, one of these days before the election. The dude is actually going to assault someone on accident. One of his one of his supporters, he's going to be at a rally or a, one of those, you know, town halls. He's going to be real close up in front of people and he's going to swing that arm and he's going to hit someone. I'm telling you, he's he's going to give one of his supporters a black eye by the end of this. You gave me an amazing idea, actually. Like, is it possible? I got I, I want to do a, like a little radio experiment. This is going to make watching his stuff awesome. Okay. What? Next time he's on this uh, uh, on on TV, turn the volume down and break out your Spotify or your Apple Music or whatever you use and play a song. Like, actually, can we for the people in the control room? Can we like play the video just with no audio? And just oh, so can it, we do that? Can, is that even possible? Like, to let me know if yes, that's possible. Yes. And then so we can They're do saying that. Yes. Okay. So fire that up, especially now, if you're watching. People who are listening on radio are not going to be interested in this at all. Totally not. So thank you, Jason. But this is going to be great. I appreciate this. Now, and this is enough. This is a great. This is a no. You can't. Well, this—that's what you play. This that's is going down. This is going down. And everybody was coming through fighting as you're watching that. And all of a sudden, I, I'm going to watch every single one of his things. More than half the family planning totally in our state. By the way, I'm so not going to get trouble. That sounds like two seconds. So anyway, back to back to Beto. Back to Beto. I mean, let's talk about what kind of policies he has formulated. What like what we went over Medicare. Medicare for all, right? We went over um, abortion. Which which Medicare for all, he hasn't been... He's wishy-washy, so we don't really know what he wants. And, okay, but let's talk about guns. Gun control, he has... He was weird about that, too, because he said that he wanted to, to take... He didn't think that we needed AR-15s. And then he came back and said... He circled back around and said, no, 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 no. I don't want to take, I don't want to take your, your guns. So guns, I've, I've put some things down on the issues, what he actually has said. Guns, uh, he said universal background checks, which that's like... If, if, you're, if you're a Democrat, that's, what you, that's what you say. Yeah, that's what you say. What does that actually mean, though? None of them really know how to implement it. It just sounds good to say that. 
So basically, well, it sounds very common sense, which is what they're about. Yeah, right? like they're about would, saying con- this is a common. All we want is for common sense reform. That's mm-hmm. all we want to take place. And the idea of universal background check that sounds very common sense. Why wouldn't you want to have everyone right. do a background check? Well, right. okay, but okay. That's, so again, that sounds good. But what if you want to give a gun as a gift to your kid? W- what do you do? Are you going to make a thirteen-year-old kid do a background check and do mm-hmm. all this stuff? No. Yeah. Like no. Like, what are you going to do when I bequeath my entire arsenal that's at my house to my to my kids? Wow, that was an uh, SAT word right there, Jason. Yeah, all right. Great job. Yeah. <laughs> Got some skills. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I, I mean, I know that there are holes in that, but you know, he so he's wishy washy on that as well, right? What else? What else has he said? So immig- he's just like everybody else. Immigration's big on immigration. So yes. he says he supports the Dream Act, amnesty for illegals. He's denounced the militarization of immigration enforcement, even though he voted for the uh, Cal- uh, for the Customs and Border Patrol to not have to do background checks on them or polygraph. I'm sorry, so that they could increase the size of agents. So he's kind of voted against it while he's talked for it. And that's a theme for him. Mm-hmm. Um, opposes the wall, and he actually wants to remove the current fencing around the wall. Right. So, I mean, literally open borders. Yeah. Literally open borders. Mm-hmm. He wants to remove the fencing. I can't, I, I can't think of anything more ridiculous than someone who's from El Paso, who, I mean, you'd think by now he would have been able to see all of the dangers in having, you know, living so close to the border. All of the all of the potential dangers in having uh, just removing the fencing. Yeah. And he's like, no, we should do that. It's compassionate. It's ridiculous. L- I'm just going to tell all you immoral jerks uh, that we should just bring everyone in. What could possibly go wrong? He's just he's just weaponizing. That's all he's doing. He's weaponizing. But, but besides that, climate change. That's the only thing he's talking about. Green New Deal. <laughs> Wah, wah. It's not actually oh, Steve Dace. Psych. It's just us. Psych. You don't get Steve Dace today or tomorrow. You uh, you get Sarah Gonzalez and Jason Buttrell filling in for Steve Dace. Uh, once again, you can tweet us. Fo- follow us on. Tw- well, follow me on Twitter. Don't follow Jason on Twitter, but you can still tweet him. Uh, Sarah Gonzalez, TX and Jason Buttrell. Um, then that's two T's and two L's. Yes. Yes. And oh, and. Jason here got a blue check mark. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. Like I got it. They're getting the, really lax on that. Before I the ban. So like I snuck in under the like the lax rules. <laughs> now I'm totally under these rules. I totally would never get it. Uh, before we get back into Beto and I, I we, we got to get to the poop part. Yeah. We got to get to the poop. Okay. <laughs> before we get into that. Uh, let me tell you about Ridizone. So I have been using Ridizone to maintain my weight loss. Um, but 12 or so years ago, I believe it was, I lost like 100 pounds. And um, it's really hard to lose the weight, but it's also hard to keep the weight off. Uh, yes, that was me. That was me. For those of you watching on television, that was me uh, like 12 years ago. So I'm not kidding when I say <laughs> I was much larger and I lost a bunch of weight. Uh, but with Ridizone, they put the good molecule in olive oil. It's called OEA. That actually stands for something that I cannot pronounce. Um, but it's OEA that they put into a capsule that you take before your meals and it helps you feel full and um, it boosts your metabolism. So reduce your appetite, boost your metabolism. I take it 
uh, religiously. It works for me. And let me just tell you, we had some people come in the studio to do testimonials for this product. And they all, I mean, they were just like, Sarah, I can't believe, you know, we saw you talking about it. We tried it. It works for us. It's working for viewers. I get feedback all the time that it's working for people. So summer is right around the corner. All right, now is the time to get it and try it. See if it works for you. Go to RidiaZone.com. Use promo code Steve and you will get 30% off of a three-month supply. I'm telling you, you want to get that in now so you'll be ready for summer. Go to R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Use promo code Steve. All right, Jason. Yes, Let's get back into Beto O'Rourke. You just show off that you can roll your R's. No way I could do that. Beto. Let's get back. I love when he says that. Beto. Oh, when my, my name is Beto. I'm like, you don't talk like that. Dude, you are Irish. Uh, so I want to get into his voting record because when you look at him, you know, we we're talking about him being similar to Obama. You look at him and again, in the same way that Obama was, I'm like, you have not been a part of any piece of meaningful legislation at all. You have done nothing, nothing to speak of. You have no record of, well, well, I proposed this and it caught, it created this many jobs. I mean, he's got nothing, right? Yeah. Um, he, uh, so I'm just, I'm looking up all the different, like right now there's, it's, it's a really annoying when you're researching voting records and all that stuff and what they actually, when you, when you, when you hear from him, you hear about like all the things he talks about. Right? Mm-hmm. So he talks about, uh, you know, for instance, climate change and then really all against, you know, fossil fuels. We know that. We've heard that. That's the same thing that's echoed by all the rest of them. Um, these very, very pro-immigration. Um, we know that. Uh, these all about, you very know. Very pro-illegal immigration, <laughs> too, apparently. <laughs> um, uh, he's very uh, pro-sticking um, it to, you know, big business and all that stuff. Um, well, the problem is, is that he doesn't put his vote where his mouth speaks. Uh, <gasps> votes, whatever. He must be the first politician to ever do that. I've never heard of a politician doing that before. Well, what's funny is, is that in this day and age, like we've seen uh, Congress and how they've been voting. They've been like, it doesn't matter. Like, like, like the president could, you know, pass a bill or something that, you know, or, or say something that, hey, I just think we should all just agree that it's not good to murder people. You know, something like that. Yeah. And then, and then the left would be like, nope, we're not going <laughs> to say, no, nope, absolutely, don't, do not give in, hashtag resist. You know, like, come on. Like, um, but so as of, I think as of since 2017 up until, uh, or ever, ever since uh, Trump got into office, Democrats have voted against uh, anything Trump would propose 17% of the time. 17% of the time. Um, Jeez. Beto, on the other hand, was voting with Trump at least 30% of the time. Wow. He was one of the most by far to skip the party line and jump over with the Republicans. Huh. Most people don't know that about him. Interesting. I mentioned before how he voted for uh, a Trump initiative to say, let's get rid of the polygraphs so that we can have more. We can speed up the amount of agents so we can get to the border. Uh-huh. Uh, all the Democrats were against that. Beto, again, jumped across the aisle and voted with Republicans and said, yes, we need to do that. It is interesting, too, that, you know, I mean, you're here. You're the chief researcher for uh, for the Glenn Beck program. But we're not hearing this from anywhere. I mean, why is no nobody is looking into his voting record? I mean, it's there for a reason. Right. You would think that by this point, someone would want to go back and look and see uh, how he's been voting. And it's you. You're the only one. I Me? And the Bernie Sanders campaign 
are really the only ones doing it. Yeah. What's funny is like there's been a few things that the this Serata guy has pushed out. Mm-hmm. It's as I was looking for this to see if anyone would talk about it. He's the only one. So isn't Bernie it a, Sanders is scared to death of Beto. Isn't it? That's a, for sure. Isn't it a sad state of affairs that it's actually like in in 2019, it's unpopular to reach across the aisle, right? I mean that's they're running. That's your. That's your op oppo. Uh, that's your ammunition, I'm right? That's your ammunition. Is no, he actually worked with the other side yeah. one time. All right, so you don't want to vote for him, right? That's actually that's actually a thing. I know. That's so sad to see how far we've we've moved. And what's ridiculous is this is uh, like the president would probably like they could they could use President Trump to their benefit. I think a, just way more than they've even attempted to do. Like they could, like the president would work with them. He said, put a bill in front of me and I'll sign it. Mm-hmm. Like things that probably a lot of us, like if you're very conservative libertarian, you would not be on board with, but the president would probably sign it, but they won't even try. Yeah. It's I know. so ridiculous. I know. Um, but real quick, I'll just really quick. Just it's few- almost as if they actually don't care about the issues, Jason. Almost. It's almost as if none of it has to do with the actual issues and all of it has to do with political grandstanding. Almost. I'm just saying, almost. Absolutely. Do you, <laughs> do you think the left, by and large, really cares about the plight of immigrants? No. I don't believe that for a second. I mean, you know, it was okay to put children in cages when Obama was president. They didn't say a dang thing. Nothing. And it, they're not, they won't even point out, this. Actually, that's, that uh, practice actually started under Clinton, mm-hmm. under Bill Clinton and Janet Reno. They never said a thing. Up until now. Yeah. Um, but a few other things. Uh, Wall Street, he voted with the Republicans to get rid of some regulations on Wall Street. That would horrify people like Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Uh, and the left stayed away from it. Um, not only that, but a few things about Obamacare. When Obama was president still, he uh, voted for uh, for some uh, measures that kind of put some restrictions on uh, Obamacare. Um, he's been actually pretty like willing to go across the aisle yeah uh, oh and uh, cli- i didn't even get up climate change he's voted for oil companies like big oil he's voted with them uh, interesting so so his, vo- his his voting record is very kind of like all over the place like but it's funny because he, this it's kind of the person that that he is really he's the i think he's the guy that doesn't really have strong beliefs either way mm-hmm and I think that he's just willing to. He say, wants to be somebody. He wants to be. He, he wants to be, to be somebody. He, he wants. W- yep. He, he wants to be somebody. He wants to be in the public eye. He very clearly. Uh, you know. I know we were talking about this before, but he very clearly. If you go back to look at his his history, this is amazing. He like he just he just wants to be included he just wants to be loved he just wants to feel important it's it's actually very bizarre it's very bizarre so every we all know about his punk rock you know background right. and all that stuff sadly unfortunately um, yes we do know about that um, i prefer not knowing so he, he was he was doing that but while he's always hanging out with the bad bad boys of the punk rock scene he's also hanging out with this hacker group cult of the dead cow hanging out with them you know still keeping up that bad boy image writing crazy crazy things but then all of a sudden out of nowhere he transfers to a private boys boarding school on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. He literally becomes a yuppie, goes to University at, at, of Columbia. He becomes the co-captain of the crew team. <laughs> Can you ever imagine a punk rock hacker saying, you know what? I'm going to become one of the Winklevoss twins from the social network. <laughs> no. That's what he became. Yeah, it's Basically bizarre. a carbon copy of the Winklevoss twins. That's really bizarre. It- okay. Go ahead. So he so he does that, and just to show how he flip flopped again, he graduates, 
goes back to El Paso, and this is in 1995 when his infamous burglary at UTEP happened. Mm-hmm. Now, it kind of sounds like, oh, he's just doing a prank at, at his school. He didn't go to that school. He already graduated from Columbia. He was a yuppie. It, but the moment he got back with his, his boys back in El Paso, he's breaking into some random college he doesn't even attend. It's, but he is he's <laughs> bizarre. I mean, I almost, when I hear about his, um, you know, and I'm not claiming to be an expert. I get it. I don't want, you know, tweets saying, you're not a doctor, Sarah. You're not a psychologist. You can't diagnose him. I understand that. But, I mean, if you look at his history and you look at the way he is, you know, again, he doesn't have any policies now. He doesn't have any strong stances. He just wants to, to give generalized answers so that no one puts him on the spot and makes him actually say what he believes I kind of feel sorry for him because I feel like what what is this inner child inside him who just wants to be loved and just wants to be you know thought of as someone important I mean because that's very clearly who he is he's trying to he's still trying to find his way I think even with this even now with the presidential campaign he's just trying to find his way I mean that's certainly dangerous it's not someone you want you know representing you but at the end of the day I'm kind of like Geez, that must suck going through life still not knowing exactly who you are. Right. Like, I, I'm kind of on the fence on whether he literally is that lost in this world. He's either that lost in the world or B, he's the ultimate chameleon, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And he just blends in with his surroundings to try and like, you know, win friends, you yeah. know, and, you know, and manipulate them. Yeah. Type e- thing. Either way, either way, very dangerous. Um, that The whole thing with like, you know, he's all about when he when he first ran for city council in El Paso. Uh, he got into it because, and I think this is a quote, uh, to uh, to end the kind of corrupt, the systematic corruption that had long permeated the city leadership. That's why he got into it. Now, literally, within <laughs> just a few months of that, he gets... That's ma- why he got into it. That's why it. he said he did. Mm. He gets married to uh, his wife that is the this billionaire heiress of a real estate mogul. And within a few months of getting married... He all of a sudden comes up uh, and, and announces this proposal for this huge land grab mm-hmm. uh, for eminent domain, domain is involved. Um, I'm sure some of, a lot of you have heard about this. Um, he, I mean, some of the things that they, they talk about doing to get the uh, eminent domain is just absolutely horrifying. Uh, they talk about you, uh, weaponizing the, uh, the uh, city health codes. Um, to force people off their land uh, so that they can claim eminent domain. Yeah, it's bad. And they're not even giving it to the government. They were like, they're they're basically, they wanted to rip people's uh, property out from underneath them and then deliver it to Beto O'Rourke's father-in-law's trust. So that so he corrupt. Then, it's so corrupt. I don't believe how he's able to get away with this. I know. I know. But it just went away. Yeah. I know. And it went away. He was never really uh, questioned on it. He, he no one ever hold, held his feet to the fire when he ran in Texas, you know, and now again, I mean, I guess we'll see, you know, if he gets that far to where he would be in a position on a debate stage or wherever the case may be where someone could ask him that question. But I mean, no, he's not had to answer for the fact that he was one of the most corrupt there was when he was back in El Paso. He was his response when when people, the media just let him get away with this. Although this is going to come back and I think come back big time since they're already gunning for him. But his response was, look, I didn't I didn't I didn't, you know, have any opportunity to make any money off this. My father in law wouldn't make any money on this. You know, I don't really have much to do with this at all. That's you know, it's no, this is stupid. 
Um, well, the mayor actually thought that was a big deal because he basically for- forced him into recusing himself from this deal. The, the deal eventually died. Mm-hmm. But the group that his father-in-law was the head of um, or created to do this whole deal, Beto was a dues-paying member of that group. His wife, a dues-paying member of that group. Beto's mother, a dues-paying member of that group. The entire This was a family business to to pull off this project. Mm-hmm. It was like their ultimate like last, you know, let's make a crap ton of money that this was their deal. And for some for him to say that we didn't stand to to benefit from this is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. Can we get to the poop? Please. Let's Again, let me get my reading material. Let's sit down. I I feel like uh, the way that I just said that could be misconstrued that like I have some weird obsession with poop. (laughs) I don't. But let's pop a squat and discuss this. Oh, my gosh. You guys. (laughs) Do you guys hear what I'm working with? You hear what I, I, I should get a bonus just for having to sit in with him today. Uh, So, yeah. Hazard pay. Thank you, Ron. So, again, I'm sure everyone by now has heard. But in this, what was it, WAPO? In this WAPO yeah. uh, long form, you know, they did interviews like with Beto. Yeah, they did interviews with Beto. They did interviews with his wife, Amy. And they, I guess they interviewed his friends as well. Um, because apparently one of the friends said, which I would not be friends with this person anymore if I were Beto. Because that's, this is not something I want my friend to be retelling. But, you know, Beto got b- a dirty diaper with baby poop in it. And I don't know how he managed to scoop the baby poop out of the diaper and into a bowl. I don't know what utensils, if any, were used. I don't know if he just used his bare fingers. I'm not totally clear on that. Point being, he scoops the poop into a bowl and goes to his wife and is like, (laughs) this is avocado. You want to eat it? All right. Now, on the surface, you're like, okay, that's just a dumb joke. No, I am here to tell you there is something seriously wrong with someone who (laughs) thinks it's funny to take the poop, put it in a bowl and try to like put it in someone's face and say that it's food and you should eat it. Am I I, like, what would your wife do, Jason, if you thought this is going to be a funny joke? I'm going to prank her. This is going to be so sweet. And you went up to her and you said, this is just avocado. You should eat it. You love avocado. Would you still be married? Um, I do some pretty ridiculous things in my household, which you could probably imagine. I yeah, I know you. Will. Um, I don't. So I don't know how you're still married. My anyway. poor wife has had to put up with a lot, <laughs> um, but I wouldn't go there. I, I wouldn't go there, especially if he was like trying to like didn't tell her about it. If, if he was just like, ha, 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 look at that. It's an avocado, but not really. Well, that's um, not what it made it sound like. It sounded and I like do, it was like trying to see if she would actually bite into it. And I do is, think it's interesting. I haven't heard anywhere if she actually did yeah. consume it. There's no way. I don't know. But he, there was definitely some some thought going. You can't just like scoop out some baby poop and th- think that it looks like an avocado. He was like molding that bad boy for a little while. I, I mean, he... Oh, <laughs> to what? Mash it into guacamole? Oh, uh, I don't. Yeah, that's. I mean, uh, but uh, yes, it's it's disgusting, and I don't understand why his wife tolerates him. He's cl- very clearly a psychopath because only a psychopath would uh, would want to do anything with baby poop other than put it in the trash where it belongs. I'm like, I'm actually, I'm less interested on hitting him over it for just being like 
basically like a 14 year old because i'm basically like a 14 year old <laughs> it was like when they were trying to hit cory booker for doing the dad joke over and over and over oh again. i loved that one that was hilarious i loved that one but That's some people hilarious. were like saying it was like indicative of his character or trying to slam him over it and i was like this is just kind of funny yeah but like and granted i wouldn't do this joke because i think that just kind of goes too far with your spouse uh i don't know the relationship they could have a ridiculous relationship like that i don't know i I Does she do similar things back? Then it's a little bit more acceptable. That, you know what I mean? That they're both crazy? If or, they're both crazy, then it's fine. I, I, I'm just saying, you know, okay, it's a baby diaper. So she's a new mom. Maybe, uh, you know, they've got a couple children. I don't know if it's if, if it was the first one or if they already had some kids. But you got to think to yourself, this is a mom. She's surely tired. She's dealing with a baby that she just had. And that's what you're going to do. You're going to prank her and do that. I just think just saying I do not trust this man. It's I do not trust a man who would prank his wife with poop. It's weird. I get it. I, I'm I'm just like I don't know. Like I, I would be a ridiculous hypocrite to hit him hard on it because I've done some pretty hell what I would call hilarious things. But I, Well, I, yeah, what you would call <laughs> hilarious, no one else in their right minds would call hilarious. So I just wanna I just wanna clear up. I just wanna summarize. We've got a man who uh, has done nothing uh legislative wise. He's done nothing there. Um, he's been arrested. He's got a long track record of being arrested. DUI. Uh, you said burglary. So he's got a rap sheet. Um, let's see what else. He's He's been... Hacker group. He's been in the hacker group. He was clearly corrupt in, uh, in El Paso in his time there. Um, let's see. Oh, also he eats dirt. And oh, also he tries to feed his wife poop. And somehow he's now the poster child for the left in 2020. This is where we are, ladies and gentlemen. And all of this information never came out in the midterm. Mm. Amazing. Welcome back to the program. Uh, I am sadly not Steve Dace. I apologize for that. But I am Sarah Gonzalez here in Dallas with Jason Buttrell filling in for Steve Dace, who should be back Monday. Uh, Jason and I were just talking offline about what's going on in New Zealand. And obviously, you know, what happened is terrible. Um, But it's very interesting to see the difference of how New Zealand is... um, is responding, you know, you have the the people right away, the people themselves, the citizens of New Zealand were just voluntarily going up and giving their guns to the authorities, which not something you see here in America. Um, pry it from my cold, dead hands would be a, a phrase that, that comes to mind. But so first... The, the people themselves, they were just like, here, we're going to voluntarily give give you our guns, which, of, of course, American media just latched onto, seized onto that and said, oh, look at these good people of New Zealand. Uh, you know, they're giving their guns away. Why aren't we responding that way? <laughs> um, so now, of course, the what is it? The prime minister, whoever it is that's in charge of New Zealand. Um, now they're saying that all military style semi-automatic weapons Assault rifles and high capacity magazines will be banned in New Zealand because of this this mass shooting. Um, now, I will also say that I'm reading this article and I scan down 
because Jason and I were talking uh, offline about, okay, so what do they what do they qualify as a military style weapon? Because we hear this this term used even in the United States, we hear this term used all the time. And, you know, they could also be talking about my tiny little firearm that I have at home for my personal home protection always is on that list of military style weapons. So Jason and I were talking, I asked Jason, who is former military. I don't know if, you know, those those of you who are just listening, not watching, you don't see jacked Jason. (laughs) Jason is former military. He is ripped. Okay. Uh, (laughs) You don't want to mess with Jason. (laughs) I thought somebody else was behind me or something. You don't want to mess with the Jason behind him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, but I was asking him what would qualify as military style, um, which I want to get to, but... I do also want to point out that in this article, I scanned down and it says that the New Zealand governor has already signed an order to reclassify some semi-automatic weapons as military style. So they're not signing something to make sure that they don't count some other semi-automatic weapons as military style. They're signing an order to say, oh, no, no, no. We want to ban all those weapons, too. They weren't considered military style before. Now we want to consider them military style so that we can ban them. Yeah. So what would be military style? Um, I, it's, it's, they're very vague with it. Um, being able to, uh, on fit, purpose, probably right? on purpose, um, being able to fit attachments onto, onto certain guns, uh, will will they'll, they'll classify that into an assault weapon or a military style weapon, uh, like pistol grips on, uh, on like rifles, like AR 15s. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of rifles that aren't AR 15s, but they do have like a pistol grip style. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like, like shotguns that, you know, that are like that. Um, they'll instantly put that in the in the military. But before I, when they were probably drafting this, and they said, okay, anything that's you know got these different characteristics, they were like, oh well, crud. There's a ton more guns out there that aren't AR-15s or AR-10s or whatever. Um, so now we have to go back and then mm-hmm. now put these. So that's that is you're you're adding a substantial amount of weapons to that. Let's just be let's just be perfectly clear here. They just don't want semi-automatic weapons. Period. They want. Old style cowboy guns. Revolvers, I mean, they don't even yeah. want those either. Yeah. But that's what they want to break, bring it back to that. Right. They want to bring it back to the 1800s. That's what they're really for. If they have to, if they're forced to, because like you said, they would rather just get all of the, all of the guns out of every single citizen's hands. But what strikes me is that, you know, we're, we're talking about how New Zealand is responding. This First of all, the last thing you want to be doing right after a crisis, right after something horrific has happened, the last thing you want to do is have a knee jerk reaction, some sort of emotional knee jerk reaction and say, oh, we've got to do something and we've got to do it right now. The last thing you want to do. But that's how this is always done in every single case. Australia did it the same way after a, a smash shooting. They instantly did this. The UK, it was done the exact same way. Knee-jerk reactions. In Australia, they did it and then um, kind of did the same type of thing and uh, confiscated guns, uh, had them ter- do it like a gun turn-in. They uh, destroyed a million guns, uh, just <sighs> destroyed them uh, right after their uh, shooting. It was the, the Port Arthur shooting, I think, in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, that number has already been replaced with even more guns. So they destroyed a million. They've already replaced, the, replaced that with uh, 1,026,000 new guns. That is, those figures are as of uh, two years ago, I believe. So there's probably even more now. They're importing guns. Uh, they're, they're they're finding a way. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, you know the uh, Jurassic Park. You know, <laughs> it finds a way. Um, 
You, 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 gun well, bans obviously do not work. Well, and I mean, you know, you talk about the UK. Okay, well, in the UK, you're you also now will get stopped on the street for having like a screwdriver. Yeah, you can't carry anything. You can't carry a. Sc- I mean, I feel sor- sorry for the construction workers in the UK. I don't know how they get to and from work. Yeah, because you can't have anything that may be considered something that you could assault someone else with in the streets of UK. That's how bad it's gotten there. So clearly, they've solved the problem. Yay! We job, solved guys. the violence problem. You did it. Yes, we solved the problem by taking away all the guns. I, I saw uh, 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 Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, our friend. Um, mm-hmm. She was like, she just she tweeted. I think was it today or in the past couple of days. She was like, they did this in six days. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Bernie Sanders too. And it's been what over six years or whatever since um, Sandy Hook, and we haven't done this. Well. Look, gun ownership is a constitutional right, right. in this country. What's it's, wait, wait, constitutional? What's that? Yeah, exactly. What is the constitution? That's, that's the whole problem. That's um, she doesn't know exactly it. Exactly the exactly the whole problem. Um, it's a, it's it's not a constitutional right in those countries. It's a privilege. Mm-hmm. It's a privilege that their governments have said, look, this is a privilege. We don't think it's a God given right. Over here, we're like, look, it's self defense. That's a God given right, and it's stamped in our constitution. So you literally cannot do this overnight. Like there there are ways that you could legally do it. But it's probably never going to happen. Right. You're never going to get the support to do because it. Because it's that difficult. And it was meant to be that way. Right. That's kind of the whole point. Um, and, and just the fact that these they call for these things, these knee-jerk reactions, when I go back to that, um, these knee-jerk reactions where they try to like you know do gun grabs every time there's a shooting. Um, the, the, I think the worst mass shooting that I can think of was probably the Las Vegas one, I believe. Was it like 72 killed or around there? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. That one was awful. Um, but that wasn't the worst mass killing. Now, I find it very, very <sighs> dishonest to just label uh, att- attacks, to, to, to put... You should, it should be mass killing. It shouldn't be mass shooting. It shouldn't be a mass mm-hmm. whatever you mm-hmm. want to put on it, depending on what weapon. The guns, if, if a gun is involved, that is the only time that they add in shooting to yeah. a mass killing right, right they should just be called mass killings now if you call it a mass killing the largest mass killing ever was in 2016 just a few years ago no gun was involved it was the nice attack in paris the, mm-hmm. on bastille day 87 deaths 434 uh, non-fatal injuries horrific mm-hmm. absolutely horrific but they weren't calling for people to turn in their trucks there was no truck buyback there was no truck destruction, you know, thing and legislation. Why? Because it's ridiculous. When you think about, you know, the truck being the issue, that is ridiculous. Now, I don't know how, how but they've been able to turn this into a gun issue. Yeah. And we've said this ad, ad nauseum, yep. but that does not make it more, uh, you know, crucial for us to point this out. Right. This is common sense. Absolute common sense. Well, don't sense. use that. Don't use that buzzword because they've already stolen that one. They've ar- yes, they've already stolen that. Remember everything they propose about common gun, sense, about gun, gun reform. Yeah, gun reform. <laughs> All we're asking for is common sense. All we're asking for is us too for crying <laughs> out loud. Please is that you know military uh, assault weapons. That's what it was. That assault weapons be banned. Oh, okay, cool. So what what qualifies as an assault weapon? Uh. Oh, is it? Oh, every single gun ever. <laughs> since you, since they characterize military and assault weapon together, does that mean that any uh, uh, weapon that was designed by the military is an assault weapon? Right, because if that's true. The AR-15 would not be included in that. Yeah, it would not. It was a civilian uh, weapon. It, the the schematics were given to the military because the military is like, hey, that's kind of cool. Can we use it too? 
but it was done by a civilian contractor. Or not even a contractor. A civilian company that sells directly to civilians. Not the military at first. Can we, you we you just mentioned uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez's so <laughs> comment that she made. Can we go back to her for a second? Oh, because, please. well, first of all, thank you, AOC, for always giving us just fodder for days, weeks, months, probably years. Um, but I was reading, I guess last night, she tweeted that uh, Fox News likes to say her name incorrectly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, her last name as Cortez, which she can imagine is because that sounds more stereotypically Hispanic and probably incites more anxiety for them, which on on that on on that one. It's not done, but let me just get to that. What what do you probably incites more anxiety for them? I don't even get what she means. Is she saying her the Fox News viewers will get anxiety by hearing the name Cortez? Is that I guess that's what she means? I don't know. It's like she just creates word salads. Just she just has a bunch of word salads that she doesn't really know the next word that's going to come out of her mouth. She just keeps talking and just kind of I'm going to roll the dice and just keep saying words and string them together and hope that they sound coherent. Uh, she says, "Pro tip, my last name is not Cortez, just as theirs isn't Ingra or Carl or Han. My last name is Ocasio Cortez. Full stop. That's my name. No, you can't say Cortez. I've never used that in my life. Cortez is referring to someone else. Even if they're trying to be rude and wrong, my dad's last name was Ocasio anyway. His name was hyphenated too, though. Oh, I hope you're watching the TV version. My of this, that was great. gosh, I mean, you can imagine that that must have been her attitude. It was so unbelievably smug, right? I'm like, who are you so privileged? You are so privileged in your life that this is what you have to complain about that people I don't know, don't want to waste time saying your full long name. I mean, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, do, do we have to say, why not stop at just your your full hyphenated last name? Why not say, well, you got to rep- represent the first name too. Otherwise, no one's going to know which Ocasio-Cortez you're talking about. So let's take the time to say Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez every single time we say your stupid name. I mean, it's unbelievable the manufactured outrage. Who in their life has been offended by someone calling them one of their last names and you're so and you're so right alexandria because they're just racists they are that's why they can't get your name right it's because they're (laughs) racist it's because it's because cortez is more stereotypically hispanic than ocasio no it's not does one sound what does ocasio sound white <laughs> I mean, so neither ridiculous. of them sound anything but Hispanic. And I got no sympathy for you, AOC. Try having the last name Buttrell. <laughs> Just try it for a day. I <laughs> dare you. No, try going through junior high school. Your knuckles get learned to get very, very calloused because they're going to be slinging a lot because there's some crazy things. Now, did I say they were, think they're a racist because they couldn't do it? My boss has known me for like 10 years <laughs> he, he and still mispronounces my freaking name. <laughs> it's funny, though, because one time he got it right. And I was like, oh, he learned to say Jason's name right. And then he, he got it wrong. Oh, five day. minutes later. He totally will. <laughs> well, he will be, he'll have call me on the radio show. He'll be like, he'll be like, Jason, I'm so sorry. Like, how do you do your, say your name? Buttrell. 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 He'll say it like four times. <laughs> 
Literally 30 seconds will go by. And he's like, I got my chief researcher head writer um, for the show on to talk about this. His name is Jason Batrill. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're kidding me. How is that even possible? How? He is pretty bad with he the mu- well, He must be racist. He's <laughs> obviously racist against something. <gasps> you, the Batrills. You're right. <laughs> I'm he is racist. Well, you know, he, he is Native American. Uh, that... That is true. So he is racist against the white people. He's racist against He's the white people. He's more Native American than Elizabeth Warren. Oh my gosh, we figured it out. We just cracked the code. How dare he? But I mean, it's just it just goes back to, you know, the left. I don't understand how they live. I don't understand how you get through the day when you find every single little thing to have manufactured outrage over. Surely she is not so fragile that she can't handle someone calling her Cortez. Cortez is not referring to anyone else because we're very clearly referring to you. I don't understand. She's she's not outraged. I, she, but, but how do you how does she live like that? I don't understand how these people live. I mean, you just have to be so so angry all the time. Could you imagine walking around like that? How much energy you would expend just be pretending to be angry about everything? Oh, yeah. I tell you, yes, pretending, which I think is exactly what she's doing. But she's also very, we know for one that she's very, very social media savvy. She knows how to rile people up on social media and get people get that echo chamber like very, very long and strong. You say social media savvy, but sometimes she tweets stuff and I'm like, girl, I think. Did you want to maybe look that up before you tweet that out to the whole world? I can guarantee you, those are probably hers. But I guarantee you, you know, there's probably like four or five people with access to it. Yeah. And they're they're looking for those triggerable things. You know, they're like, okay, we know there's a a, a good thirty thousand people that will retweet this that are very passionate on how bigoted white people are on saying last names wrong, you right. know, or whatever. Right. Like, and then they're like, okay, bam, bam, tweet done, done deal. But then they're also doing things on climate change. They're also doing the pick your identity politics thing. They're all it's targeted very specifically for that reason. And that's one of the dangers of social media, really. Yeah. You know, like everyone, like the people that are following you are either only the ones that are dead set against you, want to make fun of you, or they're lock stock and, you know, right in line with you. And they're part of your echo chamber and they don't they just want to hear that opinion and nothing else. They don't want a conversation. They want to pile on. And she's giving them something to pile on for. So all this is. Yeah, but I I get that she wants people to pile on, but I just still, I can't wrap my brain around being so offended all the time. She's not. For for some, but but to even think I should be offended about that. Oh, look, they said, I mean, it's got to take a lot. It's got to take a lot of work mentally to pick out every single little thing that that you you hear someone say. Because again, no, she's not. But there definitely are people out there. Right. So how much work does it take to be like, oh, they just call me Cortez. What can I do with that? Oh, my gosh. I got it. I know. I'm offended because they didn't use the hyphenated name and I'm going to turn it into racism. You know, what's hilarious is now her tweets are in. You can't distinguish these between that parody account, that AOC press secretary (laughs) or whatever press. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I'll see that and I'll get ready to criticize it. I'm like, oh, wait, I better check it. See if it's the parody account. And it is the parody (laughs) account. I'm like, I can't tell the difference. I completely can't. Is this not something that the parody account would tweet? Yeah, exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, it is. She is a living parody. It's hilarious. And no, we're not scared of her. No. Nobody is scared of her. I'm so sick of hearing that stupid Remark, how many times have you heard, have, have you had someone say that on Twitter? How many times? 
every single time I tweet something back to her or tweet something about her, people are like, oh, that's so cute. You're scared of AOC. I'm like, no, I love AOC. I feel blessed as a person to know that AOC is out there representing the new left party. Oh, welcome it. I love it. I Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful <laughs> gift of bringing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez into the political world because it was just the greatest gift we could have possibly been given ever. Gift from God. How in it. the world would we ever be scared of her? No idea. Um, talking about the uh, how crazy the the left uh, has become. And we talked about Alexandria. Try this on for size, Jason. Presidential candidate John Hickenlooper, which I just I love. I love. Hick- I hope you said his name right because Hickenlooper. You're so Hickenlooper. Racist Hickenlooper. 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 <laughs> what a weird name. Uh, so he. How dare you? He was interested. How dare you? <laughs> he was involved in a town hall. Well, I'm racist. Is the problem. <laughs> he was involved in a uh, an interview in a in a CNN town hall, and he admitted to this really weird story about him and his a little bit too close relationship with his mother. Let's listen. You went to see an X-rated movie with your mother. You have the floor, sir. (laughs) Thank you so much for that question. Anytime. Um, I thought it was better to write a book to let people really see who you were and and the dumb things you did as well as the smart things. And And where is that on the... That's on the dumb side. Okay. <laughs> I, I was the youngest of four, and as I said, my dad died uh, right after I turned eight, and my mother and I had a pretty tempestuous relationship. She was just the most amazing person, and, and I went off to college, and, and for the first time, she was <laughs> alone in the house, and I didn't realize how powerful that was until I got home at Thanksgiving, and I promised, I called a friend in Philadelphia, and these were, ex- I didn't know what an ex-movie was. We thought it was a little naughty, but we didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> Again, you got to understand, I was 18 years old. And so I came home. My mother hated to cook. I mean, she she was just a strong, powerful woman who got stuff done in her own right. And I got home, and she had this huge dinner laid out. And I said, I promised, you know, I promised Jed that we would go to the the movie theater and see this this new movie. Uh, You want to come? And I, it's an X movie. I don't know. You know, I just, and she, I was sure that she wouldn't say no. I made a mistake. And she said, I'd love to go because she didn't want to be left alone in the house again. It was a pretty famous movie too. So I took my mother to see Deep Throat. (laughs) And and, and to her credit, the first scene is, (laughs) I didn't ask the question. But but I will tell you I will no, tell you that my mother to it. my mother was uh, I'm, I'm sure she was mortified and and I said repeatedly I think we should leave I think we should go and my mother was the kind of person that rarely went to a movie she thought almost every movie would get on TV uh, so obviously not this one uh, <laughs> but she was she really once she paid she was going to stay I mean they stayed they stayed oh my god this guy publicly admits. That he took his mom to a porn movie <laughs> when he was 18. There's so many things not, I don't believe a lot of the part of some of this story. I it's just hard to believe. Like he didn't know what an X-rated movie was. Well, right. And, and you hear him, uh, an X movie. 
an X movie, you know, as if he, oh, I, oh, I don't even know the proper term to call it. X rated movie. Oh, it's just an X movie. I don't really know what that is. What's an X movie? She pointed out that it was a pretty popular movie. Like everyone knows what Deep Throat is. Also, what, what, what type of movie would you think that you're walking into when the name of it (laughs) is Deep Throat? Like just wondering, what type of movie do you think you're walking into? I mean, the only thing that I could think of would be like, is it something about you know the you know uh, what who who that, that was the who, what was that was for the uh, not Pentagon Papers, but that was the uh, the Nixon oh stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, because that was his code name, so I'm like, could it possibly be something? That's the only other thing that, that my mind will go. But the, otherwise, it's that. But like you like. That was like a pheno- cultural phenomenon at that time. Yeah. You know exactly what it was. It's, it's just so, so you did, weird. You didn't like, yeah. You, so there's all this talk about that and like, oh my gosh, this movie. Then it's rated X. And from all the other ratings out there, you didn't question what that rating was. <laughs> Even if you want to like feign ignorance on what the movie was. Uh, and then you ask your mother to go to a movie that. I mean, no, I don't, I don't, I don't buy any of this. You don't, thank you. You don't go, you don't go up to your mom and say, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna just wage a bet that she's going to say, no, she doesn't want to go. And I'm going to ask her anyway. I mean, you don't do because, well, because first of all, as an 18 year old, you don't want your mom knowing that you're going to see that movie. Do you? No. I mean, as an 18 year old dude, you were not like. Hey, mom, I watch a bunch of porn. It's pretty sweet. And I'm going with my friend. I watch it with my friend. It's it's not weird at all. It's not awkward at all. I mean, why would you? I got, I just don't get like the left is crazy. This is this is the the circus that we have running uh, for 2020. And in the theater, you don't want your mother sitting in one of these chairs uh, back in the day, like um, you can imagine the stuff that's going on in that theater, and you don't want your mother sitting Ew. in one of those chairs. Ew! Like, oh, I didn't you, even think about you, that. You don't want that to happen, and you would never, you, you would never to have your invite your mother into that environment where that's probably going like weird, crazy things are going on in the theater at the same time that she's sitting there. You don't want her in that environment. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to think about this story. I don't know if he was just like because this was in a book, right? Yeah. I don't know if he was just like, huh, what would be really funny that would really make me, bring me down to earth? not funny. That everyone can relate to. You know what I mean? It's so weird. That's when you know that the guy is, is the candidate is so unrelatable that that's the story he came up with to try and make himself appear relatable. Yeah. That means you're completely lost, buddy. Who who among us hasn't taken their mom to a porno? (laughs) I'm just like you. To write a pat. Yeah. I try to take my mom to a porn. (laughs) We've all have, right? Like, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, you know, he he said the thing about his dad dying and I was like, has. well, that's <laughs> don't make me laugh when I'm about to talk about his dad dying. He said the thing about his dad dying and I'm like, well, I mean, that's sad. But then it, it still made me think like, OK, so the, the, the dad's gone. And so he's the man now of the house and he's taking his mom to a porno. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't trust any of the left. You have all gone completely crazy. I don't trust any of you. Um, who, who is this guy again? Like, where is he? Uh, John Hickenlooper. No, I mean, like, where, where's it? What's his background? Like, what is he? Uh, he's like a. Is he like a governor or something like that? Uh, 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 
Good question. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. Well, the thing, um, the thing is, Jason. Oh, he's a dem- the Democratic governor of Colorado. Colorado, the former. Yes, he used to be governor of Colorado. Um, but that's the thing with 2020. You see this long list of people, and you don't even know who half of them are. Because there are so many of them. No, I mean, I don't have time to go through and read all of their bios because I'm just looking at the at the front runners because I'm sorry, good old John Hickenlooper, but I'm pretty sure you're not going to gain the traction you're looking for. I can't wait to see the debate stage because I thought the Republican, the GOP debate stage looked ridiculous because there were so many candidates I know. out there. How are they going to fit but them all up there? I, I'm thinking like, you know, if you go to watch your kid do like a choir thing or something, they're all in like risers. <laughs> we're going to have to get those like up on the stage and there's going to be standing there watching for the hand signals from the choir teacher when they can when their time is to speak. I mean, ha- like also ha- it's going to be a four hour. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a marathon. That's what was so ridiculous. On I know. The GOP one. It was so long. And there's going to be more. I mean, because even imagine some of the smaller ones who are never going to gain any traction. They're still going to be up there like Andrew Yang because he found that that loophole. Uh, again, who is Andrew Yang? I don't know. All I know is that he's this individual person who has been running for president for what since 2017 he's been running and he has all of these platforms um he's very pro uh (laughs) he or he's anti-circumcision yeah um the the left always trying to snip away at our liberties (laughs) you know gosh I mean, they've been doing it since, you know, four oh skins gosh. and seven years ago. Oh, it's just, uh, no. man, I don't know what's oh, up with the left nowadays. No. Uh, but it's Andrew Yang who, you know, the, the <laughs> loophole was what? You have to have 65,000 individual donors and he was able to, to game the system and actually show up on the debate stage. So we're going to be hearing from all of these people, even the ones who have no chance whatsoever. It is going to be such a circus, and I am so here for it. Yang's hilarious because, like, he's, is he? the, he's the total opposite of Beto. Like, especially his website. Like, yeah. Beto. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah, don't yeah. know what he believes in. You don't know what he'll propose. There's nothing on his website. Yeah, he's got like a, a dissertation <laughs> he's, of yeah. what his actual policies. You could print, would print be. that off, and it would be a textbook <laughs> size. Like, and, and if you're scared of big government, oh my gosh. Like, this guy wants to, like, he has a proposal because he doesn't like yellow crayons or something. Like, <laughs> everything is covered. When circumcision well, is part of your platform, you're like, okay, you might have, are you for small government or big government? You know, like, oh, wait, I, there's another joke I could do there. But <laughs> I'll save you. Well, why stop? Yeah, why stop there, Jason? <laughs> the other ones have been so good. I mean, why not just keep them coming? Um, but I, I just, I can't imagine how long oh, these man. are going to have to be. They're, you know, I'm thinking, you know what? I amend what I just said. I said it's going to be a circus and I'm here for it. I'm not sure that I am because I don't know that I want to watch a seven hour long debate with all of these crazy people. It's, but it's and they're all going to be trying to out radicalize the other one. Yes. They're, so they're going to ask a question on abortion, and uh, Cory Booker is going to be like, "Well, I think you should be able to get an abortion right up to the minute that the baby's born." And Klobuchar is going to be like, "No, I think that you should be able to kill it like two minutes after it's born." And then Bernie Sanders is going to be like, "I think that by the time it's a toddler, is you can just do away with it." <laughs> like they're all just going to be piling on top of each other, trying to out radicalize one another. I totally agree. It's going to be fun though. I, I think it's going to be fun. I think the funner one is going to be the actual presidential debate. 
Especially if it's like, I am praying for this. No, Biden no, versus Trump. No, no, don't oh my say gosh, that. Are you serious? No. He's so much fun. He's dangerous, though. He could win. Yeah, he, he He'll could. get back those, those moderate Democrats. Not that he's moderate. He could, but oh my gosh. They literally might get into a fight. Okay, would that, okay awesome. that would be funny. <laughs> Welcome back once again. I am Sarah Gonzalez filling in for Steve Dace here with Jason Buttrell. And uh, oh, by the way, I'm going to read some tweets in a second, but we you can tweet us. We, we need to come up with a hashtag, Jason. I know all the legit ones have a hashtag. How do we not? Well, because we're fill ins. That's true. <laughs> because, because Show me the, my place in the world. The, why don't you? The backup, the backup quarterbacks. <laughs> the backup. Is that to what the it? Backups. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is. Runch said, "How? How about just the fill-ins? <laughs> hashtag the fill-ins. You can tweet us at our Twitter names or use hashtag the fill-ins. <laughs> the replacements. <Yeah. laughs> now do the fill-ins so they don't get it. We, I mean, we don't want to deal with any copyright issues, yeah. so let's just do the fill-ins. Or uh, you can call us, 888-900-3393. We will be back with you tomorrow. Um, got a lot more to get into, but first we want to uh, tell you, especially those of you who are looking to buy or sell your home, let me tell you about uh, realestateagentsitrust.com. So Glenn started Real Estate Agents I Trust because being in radio, they moved all the time. And when you move across the country and you've never been to that place that you're moving to, it's kind of hard to like know what are the good areas, what are the areas with, you know, your values. Um, you know, maybe you don't want to be have your home next to the crazy drug user who blares music all night. I don't know. Call me crazy. Maybe you want a family home. Uh, so Glenn started this company. They vet his team vets all of these real estate agents in these specific areas. They all do it full time. They don't dabble in it. This is their expertise. They know these areas and they share your values. They're listeners of the show. Um, they they know you. They know what you're going to want. They know what you're going to want for your family. And you don't have to do the vetting. So don't go to your cousins, uncles, brothers, dog sitters, niece who is also a real estate agent. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Wherever you are in the country, they can help you, realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, uh, Jason, before you launch into your, Jason's launching into a tirade in a second because <laughs> he tweeted out that he was going to and he had like one or two people who were like, eh, I guess I'll stay around for that. And I beg Sarah to let me do it. And uh, But I just want to say, so Kath, Kathy tweeted uh, to us and said, what else can we do to stand up for our constitutional rights to own a firearm? I am tired of the left using these horrific attacks to advance their agenda to take away our guns. AOC uh, and and Beto are loco. (laughs) That was cultural appropriation, Kathy. Unless you are a fellow POC like me, you can't use my language. Uh, I don't understand how anyone can take them seriously. I mean, what else can we do? Uh, You know, do, do what we're doing, right? I mean, Thus far, they haven't been successful in taking away our constitutional right to own a firearm. So, and they and they can't really. Uh, it's 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 it'd be very very difficult to 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 do it. You, you would I can't even remember the process anymore. It's like crazy. You have to have like a majority. It's like a two thirds two thirds vote, right? And then they have to have like what two thirds of the states or something like that. Yeah, it's like it's 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 basically impossible. Um, very difficult, not impossible, but very very difficult. 
the problem is that they already have a standard like the assault weapons ban that they could do something under a you know Democrat president and mm-hmm. Senate and Congress if they can get all three. They can do something like that. They've already done it. Mm-hmm. It was proven that it didn't work, but they did it anyway. Um, so, th- so that really worries me. Also, uh, the, the standard now has been set by President Trump to declare a national, national emergency. emergency. Yep. So we know that the next president very well could do that. Gun after violence is a national emergency, guys. We have to do something right now. He would could totally do that. And then we Did go you just to the say same he? Pro- Did you say he could totally do that? Or she- Did you just assume that the next president is going to be a female? I mean, a male? I'm pretty sure. Did I you s- really just I'm do that, sure. you sexist pig? I'm pretty sure I said she... Didn't I? You said he. <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable with this environment. I am like so scared of you. HR? I, like, man. HR? <laughs> they. Uh, I got to use the right pronouns. We have a story on that tomorrow, too, about you better be careful to not use the wrong pronoun. Um, but the president could, could, very well, could very well do that. And um, there's not a thing that we could do to stop it as far as like, like the, they would do, go through the same process. The House would vote to overturn it. Um, even if they did, then it would go to the Senate. And even if they did, if it wasn't the the threshold that was unvetoable, which you're never going to get right. unless they have an extreme majority in in one of the uh, houses, right? Then it's just going to get vetoed by the president. It's going to get done anyway. And then they have the ability to to re up that every six months. Yeah, absolutely which, insane. Which it's a they sham will. system. Yeah, sham system. Uh, all right. So Jason, now Twitter, your your Twitter. <clears throat> what was the tease? I told and I told him he sent me this this story, and I was like. I'm going to be honest, I didn't have time to read any of it. So I literally have no idea what this story is or what what you're going to say about it. I Okay, so I just now saw this story. I have no idea because I usually keep up with like veterans issues and things that are affecting veterans. Um, But I have not heard about this. So I'm kind of ashamed that I haven't heard about this. But I just saw uh, a story today. It was on Fox News and it was about Representative uh, Crenshaw. And he sent a letter. I love him. Um, I so love him. I love him. Jason has a man crush on I him. D- I so do. Congressman, if you're listening to this, please call in. <laughs> please call in. Um, uh, <laughs> 888-900-3393. But I'll, we'll, I'll give you my personal cell if that's easier. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, we, uh, I saw the story and it w- he just sent the, a letter to the Secretary of Navy. It was co-signed by 17 other uh, uh, members of Congress, uh, Republicans. And they were ta- the the issue was uh, a, a chief. Uh, he was a Navy SEAL, um, Chief Eddie Gallagher. And many of you might have heard this story, but Chief Eddie Gallagher he's a he's a 19 year combat vet. 19 years. Um, he's done eight tours of duty, which I did one and wow. got out. He's done eight of them, wow. which is amazing. I um, mean, he's doing this as a SEAL, so uh, uh, this is not like he's just going out there, sitting there, and like you know doing nothing in the no, in the he's... desert. Living hard. He's hooking and jabbing probably every night. Yeah. So this is, I, you can only imagine the, the stress that this put on him, put on his family. He's sacrificed a lot. Um, he's won the bronze star, star with uh, with V Valor times two. Wow. <clears throat> Decorated 19-year-old combat vet with, 18, uh, with eight tours. He has been charged with war crimes. He's been charged with uh, killing an ISIS detainee. Um, he's been charged with calling in, uh, I guess, uh, uh, pointless, I guess, or dangerous missions that might get his uh, other teammates killed. Um, he's also been charged with uh, calling in false target coordinates uh, coordinates to uh, have like a mosque bombed or um, shelled or whatever. <clears throat> uh, he's been charged with a few things. All of these uh, center around a uh, uh, an assistant uh, officer in charge. So it's it comes okay. from this one this one dude. 
Now, these are very, very serious charges. Is that his official uh, terms? That would be on his name this, tag. This one dude? Very, very serious dude. Very, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's the military, so that's probably even acronymed anyway. <laughs> V-V-S-O. <laughs> serious one dude. I don't know. <clears throat> um, but so they all they all stem from this this one officer. And the charges, I don't know if they're true or not. I, I they, they're they're highly suspect to me. Um, a lot of the charges that kind of that come out of um, a lot of these war crime charges, a lot of them, uh, some of them, a lot of them get thrown getting thrown out. Uh, some of them are like uh, from like an interpreter that we hired in another country that they kind of corroborate a story from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's I, I was just reading a story just now that uh, an, an army. I think it was a, it was an officer, an enlisted army guy, that um, he was charged with killing somebody out in the field, and his story was that no, he was self defense. The the detainee tried to grab a knife, but the interpreter said no, he did kill this person uh, for no reason. But he was offered citizenship in the United States to testify. Uh, um, well, I mean, why would that be a reason that you like, wouldn't trust him? See, weird things come out of combat yeah. zones like this. It's but if you read this story and you hear the charges, you're like, oh my gosh, you might be appalled. But just know there's a lot that goes into this. Mm-hmm. Now, when charges like that, what they'd happen in the civilian world, you know, there there is a process. You know, you would probably you'd get booked. You would go. Yeah. You know, you'd go up for bail. You'd probably someone would probably pay your bail. You'd go out. You'd have several months to confer with your legal team to figure out how you're going to protect yourself or defend yourself in this case. Then later, if you were found guilty, then you would rightfully so go to jail. Right, right. So, um, but this is what's, this is not happening to veterans. This is not happening. This is not what happens to people that are in the military. Now, listen to this. I didn't tell you this before because I want you to hear this. This is absolutely insane. Now, remember, 19-year combat vet, eight tours of duty, bronze star with combat V twice, times two. Yeah. Um, He's being held... In the sex offenders ward at a base. In the sex offenders ward. I don't know why. I don't know if they just have nowhere else to put him or what. He has been there for six months. Okay. Okay. It'll be around nine months in the sex offenders ward here before he finally gets his day in court. I think it's on May 28th. He is. Now, this is what uh, Congressman Crenshaw has written a letter saying look, why is he being a. Why are they assuming he's guilty? Right. Isn't it innocent until proven guilty? Yeah. Why is he being Why held there? He, yeah. They're also saying that he has, this entire six-month period, he has had limited access to food, limited access to medical care, and his legal team. What? This is, <gasps> sounds like it's something that you would read about in Soviet Russia yes. or something like that to some oligarch that pissed off the government. Yeah, that, or what, the, that they don't want, he knows something that they don't want anyone to find out. And so right? they're just going to try to quietly make him go away. This is crazy shady. <laughs> and you'd have the ACLU, right, Chris? Is it, you heard this story? This is insane. This mm. is nuts. So, like, <laughs> this is something that if we heard about in a civilian prison with somebody else, the ACLU, all kinds of other people would be all over this. Yeah. They'd be absolutely all over it. It would be a total outrage. Um, they would not stand for this. But, but because it's in the military, it's under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, um, because it's kind of like in its like pseudo other justice system, we're treating him not like an American. This that is absolutely is ridiculous. Unbelievable. Look, I don't know if he's guilty or not. Right. But no, they don't either. Right. So how can you keep him in prison like this? And certainly you should have to be, you know, our government should have to be at least accountable enough to say, well, this is why we're holding him in the sex offender, you know, section, or this is why we are not that they would have a reason to say this is why we're limiting his food. But I mean, 
you should like I get it that the military has a different way of, you know, going through their process, but you should at least be able to answer those basic questions. You should have to be accountable to say this is why we're detaining someone or, you know, this is this is our process. This is what what it looks like. This is why he is where he is. And they just don't have to tell anyone that. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And it's it's from it's from the accusations from one guy. We don't know the motivations from this one guy. Right. It could be some ridiculous grudge. That's really he, sad. He could have stolen this girl guy's girlfriend for crying out loud. I'm not saying he's not guilty. He could be guilty. But the problem is there's all these other things. That's why the justice system's built the way it is. Yeah. So that you're always innocent until there's an accusation. Okay, the uh, Chief Gallagher is innocent. There's been an allegation. But as of this moment, he is innocent. He right. shouldn't be treated as if he's already been convicted of the crime. And he should definitely, there's, there's how many different parts of the Constitution are being broken right here? He is not getting a speedy trial, nine months, and not even really, and with limited access to his legal team? It is really scary. They can't um, even get together to like strategize. Yeah, yeah. Talk about how they go about this. That is really scary that, you know, you think about, uh, we talk about, we warn about big government all the time, you know, and that that's the type of things that happen when you have big government control, that the government can just take people and detain them and throw them in jail and not give them access to legal representation. And it's just, it's all okay because they're the government and they know best. You would absolutely be appalled if you heard about some of the things that like veterans have to put up with that it's almost like a, you know, a, it's like a pseudo government that people don't don't really pay attention to because yeah. it's the military, right? Right. And you assume exactly. that that veterans and military men are being taken care of, right? But it's stuff that we would never tolerate in the civilian world. Take healthcare; like it's a perfect example of socialized healthcare. It sucks, right? I know. It I sucks. I don't get how people. Anytime someone is like, "No, we need, um, you know, single payer. We need the government to run it." I'm like, "Have do you know any veterans? Have you met any veterans? Because ask any of them, and they will be like." No, you do not want government-run healthcare. It's the VA, but 10 million times worse because there's no. more people. I would never, if you had a serious injury in the military, I did not want to go to a medical facility, or a military facility to be treated for. There's been horror stories of people that have been totally screwed over, mm-hmm. um, will never be the same because of the care they got. I just, I, you don't trust it. There's no competition for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's just like, you, you get that rank, you get your title, you get in that position, you do it until you get out of service and go get your real job. You know what I mean? There's right. like, it's, who, wants to, who wants to have their life put in the hands of a system like that? Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that all military doctors are bad. Um, no, a, yes, you did. You just of, said it. No, there's a, you did. You just I, said it. I, I'm Jason saying, hates doctors. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying that because there's, there's, there are some, you know, some very good ones out there. And um, there's some that really, really care about their, their jobs. And but the problem is the system has also does have some bad ones. And it's not built to get better, to strive to get better, um, to well, improve things. And it, 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 it's built to basically if even if you're bad to just give you you know, kind of like a stamp and see you on your way after you get out of the service and just keep you in your job. But I think that, you know, you could say that about any type of uh, bureaucracy, just a big bloated bureaucracy, couldn't you? Because you could say that about, you know, public schools, too. I'm sure that there are teachers out there who really are doing it for the children and they really do care. But you talk about, you know, public schools, that they're so bogged down by all of the bureaucracy that it turns into they're just like... They hate being there and they hate your children and all they want to do is teach the curriculum and go home so they can go home to their husbands to complain about your children. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like anything that 
government is in charge of just turns into this big bureaucracy and it becomes less about the individual um, or the people that they're serving and more just about following protocol and making sure, you know, getting through all of the red tape and everything like that. And people are so worn out by that that they don't actually, you know, they don't have any any more mental capacity to do what they got in it to do. Right. But. Um, this, I, I was just, I, I found this other story. I was, I was, I was thinking about, uh, the last time something or the last story I was, I was following where someone was mischaracterized as a war criminal mm-hmm. that I saw was a name, a guy named Sergeant Derek Miller. Um, he's in the, uh, army national guard and he was in Afghanistan. And this is really quick. His story, he identified a Taliban scout, interrogated him. And when the Taliban scout grabbed for Derek's weapon, Derek fired in self-defense and killed him. Derek's interpreter, who observed the incident, made a contradictory statement after investigators agreed to help him gain asylum and U.S. citizenship. Another soldier observed and corroborated Derek's version of events, but later changed his story after investigators threatened to charge him as an accomplice. Is this not heavy-handed police state bullcrap? I mean, but what would would the the investigator's motivation be? I mean, the... I to charge this guy, I don't want to speculate, but they, but they want, they, I'm sure they want to have a heavy hand in these in these areas to show that they're doing their job and not like, yeah, you know, these soldiers aren't free for all, right? Like they're following, you know, the the law of war, and you know that we're not being to, to use to use him as there. an example, to use them as an example, right? Okay, but so now Sergeant Miller is being released, so he's being cleared of this. And now he's being released. It was all bull. Wow. It was all bull. Um, but so these cases happen all the time. So if you hear, if you read some stories and you start thinking like, wow, this, you know, this chief Gallagher guy must be guilty in many, many cases, it ends up being not the case. Um, but we need to give chief Gallagher his day in court. Mm-hmm. We need to have the, the military justice system work like ours does. Like you, you can't just assume he's guilty and treat him like a criminal with a bunch of sex offenders. Right. That's absolutely. That Especially being that we're doing that to people. I mean, you're saying the same rules should apply to uh, military that apply to average Americans. I mean, I would think that even you could say, how about the military? Like these are guys who go to serve our country. Maybe it's not a stretch to say that they should be given the same basic rights as all the rest of us. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, when you say it like that, you're like, well, maybe they should just be, you know, they should have the same rules. Like, I don't know. I'd be fine with maybe giving them some extra. <laughs> like you went to serve, you know, for me. I'm fine if you have a little extra. You're, you're going to protect our rights. And you did it time eight times, actually. And you've been decorated for it. But you don't get the same rights that you're fighting for, which makes no sense. Speaking of uh, military, you see what Trump said about John McCain. Yes. I didn't know if we were going to bring this up or not. Well, uh, it's about to be the end of the show, so I figured we I, had enough time to just sneak it in there. So, yeah, he's. I've had a huge issue with how he's treated John McCain ever since the Vietnam uh, comments, which was absolutely just horrible. Um, I don't know why. I, I don't agree with John McCain. Right. I, I right. Don't, a lot of the things. But I don't can agree we with just the Senate. can we just not trash his name? He's he's dead. Right. Can he we just not trash himself. his name at this point? Let's move on. Like to that's po- a that's a reasonable request. Mr. President, move on to policy. Move on to that because you're doing pretty much a really good job. Mm-hmm. And, and most of the things we agree on. We don't need to do this. This is and it's just it's not fair to to an American hero. It's yeah. not. He did some things we don't agree with. He's dead now. Let's move on. Mr. President, uh, make sure you can call into our show tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Mr. President, the number is 888-900-3393. We just really want to talk to you because, I, I mean, I know that you're watching. Obviously, Donald Trump watches Blaze TV. Of course. 
So and and we'll Congressman see, we'll see Crenshaw. You tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll yes. take you after the president. Um, I don't know. I might take Crenshaw first. Yeah, I was thinking it's a seniority, you know. But <laughs> I mean, we definitely want to. We definitely want to have you on, Congressman. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network. 